Hello and welcome to episode 55 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. And joining me once again is League Freak, who you can find on Twitter at League Freak. How are you, mate? Very good. Uh, very excited for this podcast. We've got a very special guest and really been looking forward to this for a number of weeks now, so I can't wait. Yep, because today we have NRL referee Casey Badger joining us. Hello, Casey. Thanks for joining us. G'day, guys. No problem at all. So, oh, go on. Go we always do this, hey? Every time. Go. <laughs> Gavin and I do this on our podcast as well. It's very well cursed. <laughs> Well, let's get into that. You've, you've got a podcast with with, uh, with Gavin there. It's a rest roundup, I believe, for the NRL. Yep. Uh, how long has that been going on for? Yes, that's pro- it's probably been about a year now. So it's something that um, I'm a podcast addict. Addict. Um, I, I'm, I forever have um, headphones in my ears and walking around the house or training, listening to podcasts. And we'd sort of been talking about it for a while, saying that we would really like to, um, you know, start our own little little show and talk about rugby league and, and refereeing but historically um referees have been discouraged to uh do anything like that um we try to stay out of any media because we know the negative attention that it can it can bring but then at, at a stage last year through my job that I used to have with the NRL before I um became a full-time referee um we were looking to you know try and get a bit of the word out there about, um, you know, refereeing in more of a positive light. So we trialled it at the sort of the second half of last season and um, we record out of the NRL, uh, the bunker, the studios there. And um, the digital team there really liked it and we've changed a bit of the formatting and, you know, we learn as we go along. And we've continued it this year and we really enjoy it because it gives us a platform to sort of talk about what we love and give rugby league fans an insight into things that I guess you don't get anywhere else. Like there's so many, um, you know, different TV shows and radio shows and podcasts, but there's nothing that gives you an insight into what referees are thinking or doing or why we do certain things. So we thought as massive fans of the game, like that Gavin and I are, that, you know, it's just an extra element that other fans might enjoy. Yeah, and that's one of the things, like I've always said that when people get on referees, I always say these are people that are not only rugby league experts i mean you guys know the rules better than anybody else in the world but to to do the job you do and sometimes it's a thankless job you've got to love the game so deeply um one of the things i would love to ask about the podcast that you do is do you get what are some of the positive and negative feedback you get because there is a as you say there's been a bit of a culture of referees should be seen and not heard do you, are there times when you get positive feedback where people say, oh, it's interesting to hear that point of view, and other times where people just go off their heads like they always do? Yeah, yeah. Well, the first point that you touched on is absolutely correct, that you've got to be a massive rugby league fan and love the game to to referee and to referee for such a long time, which gets you to this elite level. So um, you're hard-pressed finding people who love the game, you know, more than the group of us and so we're not out there, despite what many people think, we're not out there to ruin games. Um, we're there to do our best and, and hopefully actually make the game better. Um, in terms of the feedback that we get, it, it, we know that there's always going to be, you know, negative people and some keyboard warriors and whatnot. But 
Overwhelmingly, it's actually been quite positive. Um, I think people, especially when we ask for listener questions and, and stuff, I think we're starting to get people, um, you know, tweet to us or messages to say, hey, can you explain this or that and why has this happened or, or whatever. And um, we're more than happy to answer those genuine questions. And there's plenty of times where we know there are things that, that we do that I understand why people get frustrated with it or why that it's misunderstood which is why, you know, we like to explain why things happen in a certain way. Um, so, you know, we enjoy we enjoy interaction with, with people and then, you know, we're smart enough to know, you know, who are the keyboard warriors to, uh, to ignore. They're usually people who have got, you know, less than 20 followers and don't have a display picture and all that sort of stuff. And you look at their, you know, their social media feeds and they're generally all negative. So they're the ones you just got to ignore. Or they work in the media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no need to uh, go with that one. So I was going to say, how do you uh, how do you and Gavin handle that? Uh, that's sometimes savage public and media scrutiny, especially I suppose with Gavin, given that he's been doing the uh, the refereeing at the NRL level for quite a while now. I'd imagine he'd get noticed a bit in the streets and stuff like that. That yeah, must be tough. Guess, yeah, well, it, it's actually um, quite the opposite in that. We have never, ever, so I've known Gavin for 12, 13 years and never have we been out somewhere and had a negative interaction with someone. And that just shows what, yeah. And it's generally like, you know, we get a lot of people coming up to us, um, you know, and asking questions and just having a chat and having a photo or whatever it might be. And it's all, it has all been positive. Um, it's on, it's obviously on social media where people have that, um, you know, barrier between, between us and them when things become negative and, you know, we've both had different threats to us and, um, and, and different things through, you know, private, both private and public messages on online. But, um, you know, we're, we know how to handle that ourselves. And if we, if we weren't able to handle that, then we wouldn't be on social media and we wouldn't be doing the podcast um and there are certain people who can't handle that and and i totally understand why it's just a different personality type that we are so if we decide to put ourselves out there um where do we do it because we love the game and we love refereeing and we want to give people an insight into what we do and what we're about um so if we decide to do that we know we're going to have to deal with some of the negative sides and you know we're just we know how to deal with that ourselves Okay, so, well, getting away from all the negative stuff, right, um, I would love to hear about what your general week looks like. So say you have a game on, say, Saturday evening. What is the the general week for an NRL official? Yep, so um, we're very similar to how a club is structured um, in that we're full-time officials. And um, the difference is that each week, we break up into eight teams because there are eight games. So for our performance staff, for our strength and conditioning guys, um, uh, it's a logistical nightmare in in organising, you know, who trains when and where and, you know, what level of training based on whether you're on a Thursday night game through to a Sunday afternoon game. But if I'll just give you an example of a, of a Saturday of, of what a week would be. So on a Monday, um, on a Monday, if I had a Thursday or Friday night game, um, we would have a run a conditioning session on a on a Monday morning. Um, we would also have a strength session and an off leg session, which is somewhere forty to sixty minutes of, you know, bike rower grinder, you know, that that those sorts of activities. Um, we have a 
video team meeting of stuff that happened over the weekend um, and we have our debrief. So about an hour to an hour and a half where we sit down with our coach from the weekend's games and we go over our performance and have our evaluation. Um, if my game was on a Saturday, then I wouldn't do the run. A Saturday or Sunday, I wouldn't do the run session, um, but we would have a swim session to do so it just gets replaced. Then on a Tuesday, Tuesdays are our day off. So because we don't get a day on the weekend off, um, you know, today's our today recording on a Tuesday is our day to I don't know, do the bits and pieces you've got to do in life and recover. Um, and then on a Wednesday, we have another full day where we do um, strength off legs, another video session, um, a conditioning session and skills on the field. Uh, then through to a thir- then Thursday and Friday just depends on what day you're running. So if I have a Saturday game, on a Thursday, I would have another off-legs session, um, so like an hour of a conditioning sort of session inside um, and some some rehab stuff. Um, and then on a Friday, we would have what we call our day three weights, um, which is mostly upper body sort of stuff and game prep, which is about half an hour where we generally sit on a spin bike and sort of chat to each other in our team. Um, so myself, you know, the other touch judge, the two referees, and talk about our game on the weekend, um, you know, how we're going to work together as a team. We then get a massage, which is one of the beauties of being a full-time athlete. I love that part of it. Um, And then we move into our game on the weekend on Saturday and then recovery Sunday, recovery swim on a Sunday. So, um, yeah, it's awesome. I couldn't think of anything I'd rather be doing. Yeah, it sounds interesting. (laughs) One thing I would like to ask is, Obviously, there's there's travel involved, and how much of of your week do you spend not only the, with the travelling itself, but having to sort out everything in your life to be sorted so that you can go to North Queensland or New Zealand <laughs> and stuff like yeah. that. And then those little things that people don't think about, you you just turn up, you you know, you're the officials. How much of your life is about just working out travelling? Yeah, well, it. it the thing with refereeing, um, which is different to the players, is that they get their schedule for the year and they know which games, you know, what days they're playing each week. Um, we get our appointments somewhere between 11 a.m. and midday on a Tuesday um, for, for our NRL games. Um, and then because someone like myself who's also refereeing New South Wales Cup, that usually won't come out until somewhere between maybe 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock on a Tuesday. So I'm waiting till early Tuesday evening before I know what I'm doing that week. Um, and, yeah, then you've got to plan your life around that. So there's never any um, guarantees to people with, you know, birthdays, weddings, any any sort of plans. So um, it's pretty much on a Tuesday night where you start organising everything, um, people with, you know, kids, school pick-up, drop-offs, um, sport on the weekend, um, you know. So we, so Tuesday nights is when we sort of organise all of that sort of stuff. Who's, who's taking Cooper to a footy on the weekend? Who's picking him up? Um, and you know what time we get back from an airport or get to an airport and all the rest of it. So um, it can be quite, quite hectic. But um, I guess by this stage we're sort of used to it. <laughs> now um, I was going to say a lot of people don't realise this, but. Um... I believe you were the first female referee to officiate in a men's international match. Is that correct? Um, men's international. It was, inter- it it was the be. 2012 game between Thailand and Philippines. Yeah, 
yeah, Gavin and I got to do that. It was um, yeah, it was fantastic. Thailand and geez, I've forgotten, forgot all about that one. Thailand and Philippines. It was that was a great experience. We got to travel to Thailand and we actually refereed um, together and. Um, the Philippine side was red hot at the at the time. They've got they had quite a few players. Um, they had a handful that were playing NRL at the time, um, like Kevin Gordon was there, Matt Schrama, um, and quite a few from New South Wales Cup and, and Queensland Cup. Um, that was yeah, very different going to Thailand to do that. How how'd you handle the humidity? Oh, um, <laughs> luckily we were there for about a week beforehand, so started to acclimatise to it. Um, it was very warm, but I actually very much prefer the heat than the cold. I would take the Thailand heat over the Canberra cold any day. That's a given. given. My my body just doesn't seem to want to get going in the cold. I was going to say, like, where where is your favourite place that when it comes up on the schedule, they say, oh, you're going here. Like, is there a favourite place that you're like, oh, nice. Like, when they play games in Cairns or something, they're like, beauty, I'm, I'm in. Um, yeah, there's not one spot in particular. Um, a lot of it, a lot of the times it's based on what hotels we stay at. Um, <laughs> well, that's what I want to ask. Who pay, <laughs> Like, what level of hotel do you stay at and who pays for it? And yeah. I don't so like, NRL, I'm not trying yeah, to find NRL, it, but it's like, yeah, you've, you've got to be in five-star, surely. No, no, definitely not five-star, but it's it, we, we, we can't complain about what we get. Like, the NRL cover all of our travel. Um, we generally travel with the NRL partner with, with Qantas, but um, it just depends on... Like things like in Townsville, Qantas don't have direct flights there, so sometimes we we don't fly with them, um, and all of the bookings are through a call, so all Novotel, Mercure, that sort of stuff. So they're generally all okay, but there are some that are definitely much better than others with nice pools and gyms and stuff like that. Like there's a great pool and gym at the uh, hotel that we stay at on the Gold Coast, um, and then where we stay in Newcastle isn't isn't as crash hot, but um, you know Melbourne's great. So there's not a lot of the times it's um mate, I, I just love rugby league and I love the NRL I'll I'll run anywhere but um mm. I'm actually quite excited this weekend so I've been you know refereeing for 16 years and this is my uh what fifth year in the NRL and I've never run at Suncorp and I'm um on the touchline there this this Friday night so I'm absolutely pumped for that. Oh, nice. Yeah, so nice. that'll be um, – that That was the last one, last ground, regular NRL ground for me to tick off the list. And, you know, as most people say, it's, you know, probably one of the best stadiums in the world um, mm. for rugby league. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, that's going to be good. Now, yeah. I was going to say, um, on your podcast, you bring up a lot of stats about referees and their performances. Yeah. Um, so just to recap, how many kilometres on average do you, would you say uh, referees and sideline officials would run in a game? Yep, so the referees run somewhere in the 10 to 12 kilometre mark and the touch judges run somewhere in the 8 to to 9 kilometre mark, just sort of depending on the game. And so who would pretty- be the uh, the fastest referee? Like, would they be able to come up with the likes of Josh Adokar, for example? Yeah, so um, this one's always hotly debated in the, in the group because there are people who say that the fastest means over 20 metres or 40 metres or 100 metres or whatever. So um, there's quite a few that Ashley Klein over 40 metres is very, very quick. Um, there's a few of the others. Chris Butler likes to likes to rate himself as well. Um, it, it just really depends on um, yeah what sort of distance we're, we're looking at. But um, 
you know, without being, it's just going to sound massively biased, but, um, you know, Badge is, especially for a 47-year-old, um, he's holds all the records in terms of how long he's been the fittest in the squad um, with all of our fitness testing. So he's a he's a freak. Yeah, that is bias. I'm sorry. i got to call that out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when, he keep, when he keeps winning all the fitness tests, it's hard to sort of dispute it. But yeah, um, yeah. that's why oh, it's very frustrating for me when we train together. I can never, I can never catch him. <laughs> um, okay, I've got a, a strange question. Do you get – you obviously get your kit from the NRL, but do they also supply, like, the whistles and things like that um, and any of the other paraphernalia that you need to be in a, a sideline official or do you have to go to Rebel Sport and pick up the whistle that you want to get? Like, yeah, uh, it's, I know it's a weird question. No, no, no. Uh, um, good question. Uh, no, we're not supplied with our whistles. It's uh, yeah. all, all stuff we've got to get ourselves and just claim that on tax. Um, all the <laughs> on-field gear, so, you know, short socks, jersey, um, you know, the, the flags, um, and our off-field kit training gear, that's all supplied. But, um, yeah, boots and whistles, um, we've got to get all that ourselves. A few years back, I was probably a while ago now, maybe eight years ago, we had a sponsorship through ASICS and we all got a pair of boots each each year. But, um, no, now it's all just get your own. So, and here's my next question. Who's going to be the first referee that goes out with a, a gold-plated whistle? Like, is there someone that you'd like, oh, yeah, they're probably going to do it? Because that's what I would do. you like the John Laws of referees. Oh, I, yeah. think, um, I, I think everyone would cop too much flack for that. Actually, interestingly, um, part of the email address of Belinda Sharp's husband, Clayton, was about a gold whistle, so... Um, I think he had one. I think he had one when he was refereeing New South Wales Cup because they do they do make them. But um, no, I don't think any of us would be would be the first ones to do that. I, th- I remember uh, it, back it'd uh, be a magnet for, yeah. for criticism, wouldn't it? Well, back, back um, oh, would have been maybe ten years ago now when Robert Finch was the uh, boss of the NRL referees. Um, all the referees only wore black boots, and Gavin was in Townsville one week. And there was a pair of red ASICs and he texts them to me and he goes, oh, these look awesome. And we're actually um, the same size shoe. So we so we um, share our boots and our joggers and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, get them. And he wore them the next week at a game at Brookvale. And um, at that stage, like I said, all the referees only had black boots and the camera went on them and the commentators said something. So that attracted attention. And on the Monday, Finchie said to him, if you ever wear them again, you'll be in New South Wales Cup. <laughs> so that shows how that shows how the times have now changed. Well, got one, one last question here. Um, I don't know if you got another free. I got one here. So, um, if you could make one change to the rules of the game to make it better, what would you, what would it be? Oh, we get asked this. I've got I've got <laughs> heaps, of, heaps of things that I would like to to change. But um, oh, what what might make it better? You know, I, I would be interested to see how the free play goes in in the NRL. Um, like what they had in in Super League, um, it's chaotic for for referees in terms of um, knowing exactly where the mark of the first infringement was. Um, but it would create just that fr- that free hit for a team to you know chip and chase from their own you know inside their own twenty meter line or or something like that. But um, I actually wouldn't. Mo- I don't think this would make it more exciting, but I think it would speed the game up. 
you know when we have the shot clocks for um for the scrums and the goal line yep. dropouts and and we work hard to get the players into the scrum and all of that. I would like us to just go clocks on and it's just they've just got to do it. They've got to get in and they've got to get out and we don't have to work our backsides off to, to do it. And it would stop them, hopefully, it would stop them sort of stuffing around in the scrum and us having to work so hard. Um, I'll, that's I'll a, that's like a good one. Yeah. It's more of an interpretation of what we do with the shot clock rather than changing it. Um, well, that's good. I mean, anything where you can reduce the amount of workload you guys have to do because you're already doing a ton already as it is. So that was yeah. going to make your job easier. Yeah, and I think it'll just yeah, we'll just speed it up rather than because at the moment there are times where we're trying to work them in and they're just standing there getting this rest and just looking at us like we're, we're sort of helpless to do anything because they'll just put their heads in at the last second. Yeah. Um, so we feel it's a bit like you know shooting someone with a water pistol. We don't have there's not much we can do. <laughs> maybe, maybe you should be allowed to just give them a kick in the bum. <laughs> oh, occasionally that's something we'd like to do, like turn the mic <laughs> off and. Um, be able to say say what we want on the field, um, <laughs> but, but unfortunately, uh, um, you know, this, where, where the game is and the professional level it is at yeah, the moment, where uh, right. someone yeah, has to be the adult on the field. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, uh, you should hear the things I say in my head sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that makes that makes me wonder. Like, have you ever had somebody that said something on a microphone that on the re- like when you're doing the replays back during the week, it's 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 been picked up. Oh, all the time. All yeah. that happens. That happens weekly. Um, oh, really? when that when that happens, and things where you just think, "Geez, I would love to say something," and not bad things back, but just things that make yeah. you go, "That yeah, we're just not allowed to say," or that might um, yeah. you know inflame certain situations. Um, you know, just ways that it, it, look. I don't want to sound like it's negative because ninety ninety percent of the time on the field, players are very very good, um, mm. but. Yeah, occasionally things happen. You just think, geez, players have shots at us, and you just think, what if we had a shot at you for dropping that ball that was passed directly to your chest? Um, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't think you would appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, that, well, I would love to just to ask, like, how much of the interaction that you have on the field is, like, just so much fun that you would love to – you know, talk about the stories that you have of what a, a player has said and the laughs that you have <laughs> on the field because it yeah. must be just incredible sometimes. You see a lot of the it, – it's great to see the interaction of the players and the referees and the officials, and, and you saw, most of the time you all seem to be ha- just out there having fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a line that um, Badge and I use a lot saying, we'll put that in the book. We always talk about going, oh, one day when we're old we'll write a book and we can, we'll put that one in the book, put that story in the book. Um, and like you say, the majority of the time interactions on on the field with players are quite quite positive. And we, you know, we see them a lot. We go to club scrimmages, we referee, you know, we go to their training sessions, we see them at hotels in, you know, at the airport before and after the game, all that sort of stuff. Um, so you build rapport with a, with a lot of players, and you know, when you see them out on the field, um, sometimes you've got to be careful of where you draw that line. And it, a lot of these players we grew up with coming through the grades as well um and there's certain players that like some like there's a few players playing there at the moment that I played with when I was you know in the under 10s and stuff oh, like that yeah. so you've got those everyone's got personal connections to players that you've got to draw lines with when you're out on on the field in how you interact with them um but yeah th- there are some good stories that um you know one day we'll all be able to tell once we're retired and away from the game 
How many of them are surprisingly gentlemanly? The, the majority of them. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, the, the, it's something that I can't sort of wrap players enough that, like I say, 90 to 95% just as a random stat to throw out are absolutely fantastic, um, which I think is a higher number than people in the general population. Um, but, no, I'd uh, agree with that. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I, th- I think most of the stuff that we cop is from the crowd and um, and social media, not from not from players. Um, I think yeah, interacting with players is is positive. And like I said, as a as a massive fan of the game, there are times where talking to players or ex players who are you know now in the media and commentators and stuff, and I just think, oh my god, like I'm just talking to so and so or whoever, or this person knows who I am, or I'm having a joke with this player. And just thinking, yeah. this is awesome. Like I would have, as a as a kid or as a teenager, I would have given anything to have been in this position. So it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty exciting. That's fantastic. Awesome. We, uh, well, well, I just have one more question. Just one more question. When are we going to yep. see you being in charge of the game? It's time. Uh, the NRL's got to give you the <laughs> the reins. I wish I I wish I had the answer to that one. Um, yeah. You know. It, it, it can be frustrating at times, but I've just got to keep keep doing what I'm doing. I've had a – I acknowledge that I've had a horrendous run the last four years in terms of injuries. Um, I've had six surgeries in the last oh, really? three and a half, four years. Um, and I've not I've not had a pre-season, like, in terms of training through a pre-season for four years um, because I've been recovering from injuries and stuff. So I've definitely had a lot of those setbacks. Um, and it's – you know, that can be frustrating at times, but just got to keep doing what I'm doing and, you know, Hope I get there one day. Yeah, I'll do through one last one. When when you watch a game of footy, do you do you actually watch the football or do you watch the referees? Uh, it's a bit of both. It, it, it's impossible to not um, to not watch the referees or to make comment on certain rulings or certain aspects of of the way the game is is going. It w- would be similar to players watching games. You know, they'll see a certain play that a team would do or a line a players run or whatever it might be, and it just stands out to them. But yeah. um, I definitely have the ability to just watch it as a as a fan. Um, we watch. Uh, I, I'm I get annoyed if I don't see all eight games of football on a weekend, um, because you know I'm travelling or like so. Say for the, for example, this Friday night I'd be in the sheds for the game getting ready, which means I'd miss watching the six o'clock Friday night game, um, and that would annoy me. So I'd go and watch that game, you know, later in the week. Um, because I just I just love it. Like Friday night, uh, I mean Saturday night, last Saturday, watching the Melbourne and Manly game, the amount of times we were yelling at the TV and just you know in excitement of just going, oh wow, how good is this? Um, we still get a lot of joy out of watching the game as fans, which is is good that we're able to sort of separate ourselves from it like that. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Look, thank you so much for coming on. We would love to have you back. It's like I could talk to you for hours and hours about, like, the refereeing. and I could just talk about everything. rugby league all day long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's to, fantastic. Happy to come back. So Thanks, thank man, you. Never. Thank you so much. No, no, pro- no problem at all, guys. Anytime. Hit me up whenever you want. No Thanks, worries. Well, thanks, thanks for dropping by. We'll let you go to your, uh, to your uh, day off. Yeah, thanks. About to take off now and go and uh, record our podcast. So go and get that done. All right, everyone, check in to, uh, to that today as well. That'll be uh, on the uh, NRL podcasting app, I believe. Yep, yep, that's it. All righty. And, uh, yeah, thanks for dropping in, uh, stopping by and listening, everyone, and we'll catch you all next time. See you guys. Bye.